beautiful people. I'm He, host of Ordinary Chaos, where we explore the interesting side of ordinary. We often see famous people as interesting and not famous people as not interesting. But the truth is, we're all interesting if you ask the right questions. Today's guest is what I call the person next door, a regular person whose daily life might look something like our own. Everyone's path is interesting, and Carrie, today's guest, is no exception. Let's get to it. Heat here today with Carrie. Carrie is our person next door today, and Carrie loves Taylor Swift. Tell us about that, Carrie. I do, and it's a relatively new thing. I discovered the joy and wonder of Taylor Swift during the lockdown about a year and a half ago, and I fell deep down into this rabbit hole, and I'm madly in love. Just listening to her music brings me joy, and like I follow you know, other accounts that, that are TikTok fan accounts and stuff. And she just makes me happy. And uh, it's something that I have been able to bond over with my daughter, which is super fun. And I keep discovering more and more music that I didn't know about. And every new discovery is, it's like reading your favorite book for the first time again, which is an awesome feeling. That's so much fun. There's not really words to describe the goodness of music that you connect to. Yeah, absolutely. She spans a lot of genres too, which is really fun too, because it's listening to stuff that I typically, my music snobbiness would never have allowed me to listen to before. And so that's been a lot of fun too. Nice. Has that opened up other music that your music snobbiness might have not let you listen to? Yeah, certainly. Just realizing that, oh, maybe, maybe I was limiting myself prior to this has allowed me to find other things that are then recognize the quality and the and the benefit of those types of music for sure. Fun. We don't need another lockdown, but not everything is bad from it. True. I'd rather not go through another one. Well, no, I don't think I know anyone who would. That's true. So to kick this off, what would your younger self be surprised about your current self? Did I listen to Taylor Swift? Um, <laughs> actually, a lot of things. I think my younger self and any different version of my younger self, whether it's five years ago or 25 years ago, would be surprised to know a whole lot of things, ranging from really little things to really big things, like in the bigger sense that I'm teaching elementary school band now instead of high school band now, that I've learned how to be a lot more patient with my students and and my own children than I would have as a younger teacher, that I love to lift weights, that I listen to different kinds of music, that I have another dog that loves me more than even my first dog dig. And I didn't think that was possible. Like really trivial things to really big things. So the list might be shorter to say, what are you not surprised? (laughs) (laughs) As we go through life and change, sometimes people keep up with us and sometimes they still see prior versions. Is there something that you wish people knew about you? And I set that up, but it could be just like, a random thing that like strangers at the grocery store don't know and you wish they knew. It doesn't have to be the way that I set it up. No, I think the way you set it up is more meaningful. I'm trying to think about how to answer that though. Are there things that I wish like my parents knew about me? But that's that's going to go too deep. I think I come across as somebody who has pretty good sense of self-worth, self-confidence. And I, I suspect this is just, this is true for absolutely everybody, but a lot of times I feel like I wish I could belong more to whatever that group or that community is. And 
and in some groups and in some communities, I definitely do. But as I'm moving through my life and I meet, you know, friends at work or, or in other social settings, oftentimes I feel like I don't quite belong here and I wish I did, or I wish I knew how to fit in better. Um, and I think I mostly hide that pretty well, but that's probably the best answer I can give you there. That's interesting. Why? Uh, just because I've known you for a long time and that's, that shifts my schema of carry just a little bit. Okay. I would say that probably to, to caveat that I would like the option to be part of a, that Google community. I don't necessarily, does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Just because you're with people doesn't mean you necessarily right. want, want to, be, to be or want to be more deeply. Like being here at this level is fine and I'm good. Right, right. And I also don't necessarily want to have to do the work to get in. Like, <laughs> but so, but I want to have the option to, to be part of that inner circle of different situations. Sure. To have the option if, like to know what to do if you opted in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. I've never been the cool person, the cool kid, you know, never in my life have I. But in the groups that I'm a part of, I feel really important. And I guess I just wish that were true everywhere or or in more places. That makes sense. Yeah. In this next bit, Carrie and I talk about Red for Ed. I wasn't sure of the year and I got the days wrong, but Red for Ed was an education movement in Arizona and elsewhere, bringing awareness to and looking for change to funding to schools to change working conditions and salaries for teachers and everyone else involved in schools. We marched on the Capitol for six days in the spring of 2018 in over 100 degree temperatures. On those days, many of the music teachers and probably others who played instruments brought instruments to the Capitol and played. We were the pep band, and we were wildly popular, both with people on site and with the media. I'm going to just interject that for five days in 2018, 2019, I don't remember what year it was, you were one of the cool kids because the band at Red for Ed. Oh, that's true. We were, yes. We were cool for, yes. Five days. And really, it was only that one day because it's, I didn't bring my instrument after that one day. <laughs> Because I didn't want to carry it. It was too hot. It was so hot. So for that one day, I was very cool. And that's basically the only time in my life that I've ever been actually cool, even though I have always been proud to be a part of the band community. And like, I will wear that proudly to in front of anybody. Yes. Which is why I'm not usually cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun, it was a funny switch for that week, though. It was. It was. Yeah. You remember that one period of time too, where teachers were really cool. Oh, that's, we're not going to get into that, but, (laughs) but just for a minute, just for a minute, that's a whole hot mess of a conversation we don't need to have on a podcast. Yeah. But it was a nice minute. It was the good old days day. I think it was just one day. (laughs) It's probably just a day. (laughs) So as you've traveled through life, is there a piece of advice you were given that you're glad you didn't follow? This was a hard one to, to think about because I, I think most advice that I've been given that I didn't follow, I kind of just let it fall out of my brain. Sure. But the, the, the most obvious one to me was, hey, go get your master's degree. And I very <laughs> nearly did. And if I had, I think I would have really enjoyed that. But I got engaged instead. And that's turned out pretty well for me. So I, I don't regret not doing that. Right. And and this is this one is in a similar vein, but... I feel like it's different. 
is there feedback that you've been given positive or negative, like it doesn't matter where on the spectrum, that has changed your self-perception since it was given? I am certain that there's a moment that that happened where the clouds parted and the sun shined and I had a like an epiphany. But for the life of me, I can't think of what it was. But I will say, I remember texting probably you about this several years ago, that in the period of three or five days, I got feedback on three different parts of my life that were all really positive things. And it occurred to me in that moment that, and I don't know why this was so eye-opening for me, it seems so obvious in retrospect, but feedback on the things that I care most about is the most uh, meaningful, which again, seems so obvious. But I remember one of them was about my children and how they behaved and carried themselves in a situation where a lot of children probably would have acted like kids. And one of them was at the gym and it was just something about working really hard and seeing results just by some other gym goer. I remember exactly where I was standing for that. Like that was really important to me. And then another one must have been something about teaching. I don't recall what it was. So obviously that one didn't register as much, but it was a moment for me where I was like, oh, these are things that I care a whole lot about and they matter a lot to me. And therefore the feedback had more value to me, which like I said, seems really obvious, but in that moment, it was kind of a, oh yeah. Okay. Kind of moment for me. So. Sure. But that's cool that it's positive. Yeah, definitely. And that might lead into this next question, but if you had to be famous for something, what would it be? And it can be niche famous, like it doesn't have to be everyone knows Carrie. Okay, so I'm going to slightly dodge your question, but I, <laughs> because I'm, I think everybody does. But what I have discovered is that, like most people, I don't ever want to be actually famous. Yes. But I very, very much value being well known and well respected in the communities that I'm a part of. Um, what I mean by that is, like I mentioned, that feedback that I got at the gym from just some random other lady, I really, really, really value when I walk into the weight room, you know, seeing people that I know there and they acknowledge me. Occasionally, I'll get a comment from somebody about, you know, wow, that looks so heavy. You look, you know, you're doing great or, you know, whatever, some sort of just acknowledgement that yes, I belong there. And yes, I'm working really hard and I known for that. Or more recently, you know, I mean, it was due to a couple of my friends writing letters and not really much more than that. But I, I was recognized by AMEA, the Arizona Music Educators Association, with an award for excellence in teaching and was one of only three people in the state recognized for that. And that blew my mind. So being recognized as somebody who adds value to the community that they're in is what's meaningful to me is what I would want to be. I won't. I don't think famous is the right word, but well-known for, respected for maybe. Sure. I would think, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I think that if your niche is small enough that that could be considered famous. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I know like in my district and in the elementary band world of my district, which is all of, gosh, I don't know, 17 or 20 people. In that group, I'm famous, you know, <laughs> yep. just because I'm, because I'm old, really <laughs> what that's all about. But actually funny story about that. I was writing curriculum a week or two ago and 
before we started, there was a group of 10 or 12 people in the room. And uh, the presenter, who's one of my dear friends, brought us all together at the beginning. And she was like, you know, everybody just real quickly go around and introduce yourself and tell us a fun fact. She, she called on me to go first. I introduced myself. My fun fact was that she, the presenter, had student taught with me. And then as we ran around the room, every other person in the room, every other person in the room had some sort of connection to me. And I remember thinking, <laughs> hmm, does that make me influential or does that make me old? Either way, I'll take it. They're not mutually exclusive. That's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Like that feels good, but also I could see that being a little bit disconcerting. Well, luckily they're all great people. And so I felt good being connected to all of them, but good. yeah, it could, could have been rough. <laughs> What's your superpower? I feel like I am good at mentoring other new teachers or even not new teachers. I feel like I'm, I'm good at that. And I have a lot of history doing that and I enjoy doing that. Nice. Band teachers, I should say specifically because or music teachers, I'll say. Yeah, because you're not necessarily helping all the math teachers. No, I haven't helped a math teacher in a very, maybe ever, probably not ever. <laughs> what do you suppose about how you interact with those people is useful? I mean, like if you were going to try to mentor someone into mentoring, what qualities do you think would help them grow in that way? I'd say the first and most important thing is listen, be a safe place for them to talk about their day or what's frustrating them or what went well and be the sounding board. And like I said, a safe space for them to to process whatever they are going through, because you and I know that teaching is really hard and the highs are really high and the lows are really low. There's not a lot of middle ground. And just giving those you know younger teachers a place to to go through that and feel like what they have to say is valid and important. And then responding from there, if, if there's a tangible way that you can help them, hey, I have this resource, or hey, I had that problem a couple of years ago, and this is what I tried, or some other solution, whether it's, you know, we need to go talk to the principal, or we need to call that parent, or whatever the case may be. Really, it's just just listening, and then responding in, in the best way you know how. And it's not always the right way. But I think just, you know, teaching can, especially teaching music, you can feel like such an island where nobody else on campus does what I do. And so just for that other person to know that they're not alone probably is more valuable than almost anything. I imagine that some of the problems they just get validation for. It's like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. You're absolutely right. If you figure out how to solve that. You let me know. Right. Right. <laughs> My last question, well, I guess my next to last question for you is, do you have a question you'd like me to ask the next person? Yes. I would like them to tell you about the most fun they've had recently. Oh, that'll be fun. I hope so. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the last person's question for the next person is, what's your favorite cookie? Oh, okay. Well, it depends on if it's well-made or not. It's going to be a snickerdoodle, probably, most of the time, or an exceptionally well-made oatmeal raisin cookie. It's small nuts or something in it that has a little bit of texture and crunch to it. But snickerdoodle is my default, absolute favorite. It's got to be a good one. 
Yeah, a bad snickerdoodle is still good, but nothing beats a really good snickerdoodle. Cool. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with me today. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. Ordinary Chaos is written, produced, edited, and so on by me, Heat. The music was created by Keith Kelly. You can find show notes, learn more about the podcast, about Keith, or about me at OrdinaryChaosPodcast.com. You might have noticed that your listening experience was not interrupted by ads. I don't run ads on Ordinary Chaos, but producing the show costs money. To help keep your experience ad-free, go to OrdinaryChaosPodcast.com, scroll down, and click on Support the Podcast. What's your superpower? (laughs) If you ask my children or my husband, they would tell you something that's probably not PC to talk about on a podcast. Um, (laughs) 